this is Shamika Harris, the podcast host, and welcome to Rise Beautiful Soul. This podcast is committed to providing a space for women to understand, explore, and appreciate every aspect of our being. Rise Beautiful Soul is a platform combining counseling and psychological concepts, exploring the feminine archetypes, spirituality, and personal experience. So, welcome to a space where your soul has the privilege to rise, shine, and self-actualize. Rise, beautiful souls. Hi. Hey, y'all. <laughs> this is Mika. And this is Margaret. This is the Eminem show. <laughs> Big the wine. Big the wine is really Yeah, I got a little glaze over my eyes. I'm like Lionel Richie right now. I'm real easy like Sunday morning. Easy like Sunday morning. Is that Lionel? I know Lionel. Okay. okay. That was my first baby daddy. Okay? I got <laughs> oh my God. So like when we lived here in New Orleans, when I was, I think I was about five. Mm-hmm. Girl, my mama told me, my mom and my aunt told me the oh, story. Yes. yes, yes. I'd be like, oh, I love Lana Rich. I used to have this white dress girl with this plaid on the bottom, and all I used to do was dance to all night long. All night. I love Lionel Richie. I still love Lionel today, but definitely if I, Lionel, that was it, girl. <laughs> man. Yeah. Mission and light skin, man. Huh. That flows right with today's episode. Oh, it does. Look at me. Look at you. Connections. Connections. <laughs> connect, connect. Okay. So today's episode was the hypocrisy. Episode four. Episode four. Season one, episode four. And as always, I'm going to be quiet in this moment and let Margaret give her masterful synopsis. I do what I can. Yeah. So episode four, my the first thing I have on that I wrote is Joan has a date. I, <laughs> I was know, so right? excited. <laughs> but so she <laughs> Lynn, Tony, and Joan are trying internet dating. Oh. This is 2002. 2000, so early on. This is the um, nine, nine, is it 2000 or the 99 and 2000? Because you know, that's a whole other separate period. That's true. Thanks to Juvenile for the 99 and 2000, so. Wow. We're just going to go. No, you're fine. We're just going to 2000. (laughs) So the three of them are going to try it out. Lunch dates, so to keep it safer, quote unquote. They all go, of course, Maya is just, again, (laughs) upset about just the possibility of them trying something like this. We also found out that Maya is somewhat of a conspiracy theorist and just believes that Joan will die. It's <laughs> not a win. Will die. It's just it's right. It's just win. Yeah. When will she die? Yeah. yeah. You don't know this man. He yeah. might kill you. Yeah. Definitely. It's strange. And so <laughs> Joan's date goes well. Yes. Initially at the lunch date, and then I guess she has a second an evening meetup with yeah. this gentleman at the same time, mm-hmm. and she helps herself into his room of his apartment and. She's sizing him up, you know. Yeah. He's got linens on the bed. Yeah, he he's got a sheets. nice music collection. That's important. He's got books. He reads. Will my read goodness, it. you know. Oh Here we go. And then she Best finds a piece of, I mean, an item on the floor, and we I come to find out. And we come to find out it's a girdle, oh, a shape, God. a shaper, a body shaper That's for right. a man. He admits, you know, 
he walks in on her. He, he's like, what are you hiding? And so mm-hmm. she brings it out and he's just like, yes, I wore a girdle. And she immediately leaves. Like she doesn't ask any questions, <laughs> follow up questions. She just runs out of there. And so we also find, we got a lot of insight into Tony in this yes, episode of where, who she is yeah. and how she views herself in the larger world. Definitely. Definitely. Which was good because we hadn't seen that about Tony because True. we just thought she was very superficial. Of course. And to some degree she is, oh, but okay. now we have more reasoning behind that superficiality. True. And then poor Lynn got <laughs> stood up by, uh, uh, by a convict. Yeah. <laughs> Which of course you did. I mean, she, and then she was like, oh, he went back to jail. It's fine. <laughs> it was very, totally okay. and she just, she took it in stride like Lynn always does right. with every situation. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, it was a very interesting episode in that Joan still within trying something new, she still finds something wrong. Mm. What do you mean? Like she went searching. She, she went, went searching. searching. You're right. She went looking for something to be able to be like, whoa. Right. Hold up. Yeah. It's just like, why can't you just let things unfold? Unfold. Because she has self control. <laughs> She's a maniac, maniac gone before. Hey. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the at the start of the episode, William makes a comment about mm-hmm. internet dating. Only truly desperate women yes. are in that. You haven't fallen that far, have you? Yeah. And makes a comment about work and church. You haven't met a good man at work or church. Are those the only two places those to meet are, a man? Yeah, well, those are the places where women are taught. Well, encouraged to meet men. Unless yeah. you meet a man in college or it's typically, yeah. Well, now in the gym. Sure. I mean, I'm grocery at, store. I met my significant other at the gym. Thank you. How much weight was he lifting? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Enough. Enough. That's the test. Okay. We got a little ladder rich over here. (laughs) Yes. We did. We did. Oh, but um, I, yeah, I just saw you two like doing like him trying to help you, like showing you how to do squats. Oh, he was. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, right here. Squeeze this muscle. <laughs> Is your hand on my ass? Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, for, for perfecting my form. Yeah. Everyone to know that my friend is a personal trainer and like she is in like the best shape. So I mean, you are. That should be noted. You're my inspiration. Get my ass together. <laughs> she can't be the only bad bitch out there by herself. Okay? <laughs> can't be out there by yourself. Girl. You need company. That's right. Okay. <laughs> but no, seriously. Yeah. So she goes looking for things. Yeah. Because I was bothered by that. Because it's like, wasn't y'all on the way to the bathroom or restroom? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, like, how did you stop by a whole room, whole bedroom? The whole bedroom. I wish I, I was about to say, I wish I, and I had to catch myself. I'm like, wait, I can't curse. But I was like, I wish I, you know, would. Yeah. Like, I would totally be upset if someone went into my bedroom. Oh, I didn't yes. have anything into my bedroom. Very much so. Because you don't run up with some stuff in there that you not you don't want to see. And, and they should get you when you see it. <laughs> And she did. But yeah, that's this a- gentleman, mm-hmm. Marcus, you know, those hips. Girl. Honey. Oh, my God. <laughs> those hips. I thought Shakira and I had the hips. I thought I hips did that. Marcus hips. Yeah. Hippie. <sighs> you know, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I'm a little angry with Marcus. 
Marcus if, if, I, if I were Joe. Like, because <laughs> it got some curves. I got the curves, okay? I need you to have the curves. I got the curves. <laughs> Actually, this like this is funny because one of my best friends she always talks about hippie men, and I've never really like seen a hippie man until like she's had to like point it out to me like Mika, those are he. I'm like, oh, he is hippie. I just thought he was, you know, had weight on him, but wow, in this show you really see Marcus has hips. That was just so like like mine was blown. They cannot lie. <laughs> they were telling, yeah, it's all truth there. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And after that realization, yeah. she can't move past that. Or we think she can't move past that. <sighs> okay, so that kind of goes back to like with women. Is it okay for women to have preferences? Because men have preferences. You know, men would say like, oh, I'm attracted to a woman who has this and that. So they don't want to kind of see with Joan. Because I think physical attraction is important in a relationship, you know? Yeah. Okay, so this story doesn't make sense because they went to lunch together, which means that he would have had to stand up at lunch. So she would have seen the hip stand. I don't think she was paying attention. I don't think she was paying attention. Okay. And she could have gotten up before him. That's true. But he was he standing. Was seated. Oh, yeah. I guess he, he was standing. Remember, and she made that terrible joke. Yeah, and Davis was like, if, if I had known a better joke, you'd have been a, a house slave or something. Yeah. She was very nervous and yeah. just giving strange strength. Yeah. Bringing uh, laughed comical relief to stereotypes that are not funny. <laughs> not at all. Like the whole watermelon and chicken. Yeah, it was that? insane. It was just like <laughs> Jones. But then, of course, Maya the whole time is just like, you are going to die. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, she is so distrustful of, to me, it seemed like she was distrustful of Jones just judgment. Yeah, or like ability. Joan just can't, mm. like she can't, she can't fend for herself. She's helpless and yeah. these men are going to take advantage of her. Is she distrustful of Joan's judgment or is she distrustful of everything that is outside of the world of Maya? Because it seems to me, just kind of looking at Maya's perspective, well, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm checking myself on it because she did do a study abroad, supposedly, right, in France. Mm-hmm. That's how she learned French, you know, the French language. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, it's like, Maya seems very closed off to me. Like, even she reminds me of those individuals that even when they are exposed to different cultural experiences or different cultures, they still remain closed-minded. Like, yeah, everything is a threat. I don't know in Maya's eyes, you know? No, you're right. Yeah. Except for the next episode when she does it, the business opportunity. <laughs> well, that's money's involved there. It's mine, yes. so you're right. Maybe I guess you're right, and it's, it's a question of Joan's judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tony's date. Who chat? Tony was looking for Lana Richie, and Seal showed up, and she was mad. <laughs> <laughs> Seal showed up. Seal showed he, up. He did. You know, she was like, the girls are out. I'm yes. ready for this billionaire to come my way. I'm going to hook him. Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. And he, he comes up behind her and she turns around Ooh. and immediately, you know, I was just like, oh, maybe she thinks he's short. Yeah. Because, you know, he wasn't that, from what I could tell, yeah. he wasn't that much taller than the chair. But then it was just like, no, her mm-hmm. face fell. Yeah. And we come to find out that it's because she 
believes him to be too dark for her. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that when we are at Joan's house, we're in Joe's bedroom, the terrible color on the wall. And <laughs> yes. that's when the discussion comes forth. And, and you know what? I admire Tony in her ability to at least be real and mm-hmm. be honest about this is what it is. I don't like him because he's too dark. Because I'm not sure if, even if I work with a group of friends, I'm not sure I would have said that. I think I would have probably, like, kept really? it to myself. Huh. Yeah. I mean... Because of the ensuing judgment that's going to come from that. You know, and so she got a lot of... Maya was just like, Black is beautiful. What are mm-hmm. you talking about? Mm-hmm. And again, in an instance where Maya is very open. Yeah. Amongst... In the Black community. She's mm-hmm. just like, no, that's rude. Did you miss that whole entire movement? It's there. Right. What do you think about... When Maya says that, is there a difference between Maya saying this to her and Lynn and uh, Lynn and Joan, considering that Lynn and Joan are biracial? Mm-hmm. Yes, I okay. think. You know, and I think of the four ladies, mm-hmm. Tony is the darkest dark skin. Yeah. She's beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. woman. They're all beautiful women. Mm-hmm. So initially it looks like, is she serious? You know, yeah. in my mind, I was like, is this woman serious? Like yeah. she's really dismissing a whole entire population of men Mm -hmm. because of this Mm -hmm. but you know we come to find out more insight into that later on in the episode Mm but she doesn't necessarily like Maya either and so Maya coming in was like black is beautiful I don't know girl bye Mm -hmm. stop this nonsense like Mm -hmm. you need to be more accepting Mm -hmm. and then but Joan and Lynn from their point of view yeah of course yeah they do have a more proximity to whiteness than Right. much further away than Tony does. Right. And how could you not, how could that not affect your understanding of colorism? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess I mentioned that with Joan and Lynn because, like, as we see when Tony later goes out to dinner or lunch or something with Joan and they have the conversation and she explains why. Mm-hmm. Because in that, in that moment, there was no introspection. There was no follow-up questions to probe. Well, why do you think that yeah. what came forth was you're wrong to think that something's wrong with you? How can you hate yourself? There was no further exploration as to, huh, how did you come to that conclusion and what makes you think that? I don't know. To me, especially like when I look at one, I admire MBA and her ability to broach this topic in 2000 Mm -hmm. because I think at that time we all colorism was not definitely in a discourse the way it is today we knew of it and I feel like we were having secret conversations about it and there were some black uh, women you know and feminist writers that were out talking about it Mm -hmm. but it it was definitely not where it is today in the discourse it was not there it was emerging so when I think back to that in 2000 for her to address it I still, I still got some issues with it because even when Tony, when Joan does address the issue with Tony, she's still kind of very, a little dismissive of it. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if she's dismissive because again, of her proximity to whiteness because she is a biracial woman. And so like a conversation on colorism of that nature coming from you or from Maya would mean something different for me than coming from a biracial woman. Sure. <laughs> it just does. It's different when a light-skinned woman who's black is having this conversation with me. And you see that in a lot of time, a lot of light-skinned black women who do have that conversation. I'm like, but that's easy for you to say because you benefit from whiteness. Mm-hmm. So how you can't judge me because this isn't your experience. 
and you'll never have that experience. In our hierarchy, you are at the top of it as a lighter-skinned woman. Mm -hmm. You're closer to that beauty standard. Our men esteem you as closer to that beauty standard in a darker-skinned woman. So I don't think you're the appropriate person to serve as the medium to communicate with me on issues of colorism. I hear that. Yeah. So we come to find out Tony's reasonings behind colorism issue and apparently at some point in her life people have called her tar baby called her i guess joan herself called her a skillet which wasn't intentional i think mm-hmm. it was you know joan's like we were in home mag and i was asking you to pass the skillet and it was mm-hmm. just a misunderstanding misinterpretation whatever you want to call it but at the same time she didn't call her tar baby that was not a miss that was she meant to call her tar baby. that joan called her that yeah she called her tar baby because joan called Tony Tarbay because Tony said she had big eyes. Oh, and yes. there's just like those are like that. There's those are like two different things. Mm-hmm. Like your eyes being big is totally different from her skin color. Yeah, it's just the meaning, the historical meaning behind the word Tarbay. Yeah, and of course, how could she not internalize that? Exactly. How could she not? You know, to see Tony be vulnerable. And yes, she's thinking about her future and if she were to have daughters mm-hmm. with a darker skin man yeah. how that would perpetuate how that would continue that mm-hmm. line of thinking how she's had to deal with it she doesn't necessarily want uh, any future children to have to deal with that and here's a, a great question to ask ourselves and to ask the listeners was tony wrong those fears that tony had in 2000 are those issues still not present today more so, more so now than ever. Definitely more so now than ever. And I'm not saying that Tony had, um, was right in not wanting to partner with uh, a darker skinned man. I am not saying that. I'm saying that Tony's fears about the life and the experiences of a darker skinned girl were going to steadily become worse. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. That has happened. That mm-hmm. is happening. Yeah. And that whole interaction, Joan was just like, yeah. like, you use your beauty to get what you want, but you don't think you're beautiful? Like, mm-hmm. she just couldn't wrap her head around that. Because, mm-hmm. again, there's other factors to beauty, you know, right. and according to Tony, or, right. you know, she's she views herself in a certain light, but she also does recognize that she is a particular shade of mm-hmm. black, and it's beautiful. But for some reason, she can't, like, yes, that's true, but mm-hmm. but I think maybe that reflects to how we as black women always say this, we're not a monolith. And I think this mm-hmm. is one of the times where I'll use that cliche, we are not a monolith. We mm-hmm. are very different. You know, it reminds me of Joan and Joan is challenging me to look at myself and think about where are times where you've been like Joan, where you've assumed that your experience is the experience of all black women. Correct. Because it's hard for Joan to see beauty as an issue when she is a biracial woman and she meets the markers of what the greater society considers as beautiful. And she doesn't have an issue with beauty. But I don't think on the show that Joan is presented as biracial. I think only Lynn is presented as biracial on the show. Yeah, but I guess the one because- We know that about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but even if I don't use biracial, even light skinned mm-hmm. African American women, mm-hmm. do light skinned African American women understand how life is different for darker skinned women? I remember when I was a child, and I noted this 
I was talking to my sister about it. I have an older sister. My older sister is significantly lighter than me. Mm-hmm. And I noted that with my on my paternal side, all of my uncles, all of the men married lighter skinned women. All of their girlfriends or wives were lighter skinned. The only person who married a dark skinned woman was my father. And when he married my mom. So even as a child, I remember my uncle dating this lady and these weren't even his kids. But when she brought her kids to visit, they were all light-skinned. I remember, like, my aunts fawning all over this, all over these girls, because they showed these girls who they did not know more attention than they did their own nieces. That's what I'm talking about when when I pose that question out there to lighter-skinned women. Have you seen those experiences? Or maybe you wouldn't see it because you've been the beneficiary (laughs) of that praise, you know? But even with myself, I put myself in Joan's shoes. Like, what are maybe in some way you have received you're the beneficiary of some things and you're assuming that other black women are having these experiences as well when that's not true Mm -hmm. and do we give ourselves that space to kind of see that Hmm. but it also asks the question like how do you know your values Mm -hmm. are they and whatever they may be Mm -hmm. are some of them superficial and then if they if they are how Mm -hmm. do you know that well you know what it reminds me of this because I, I read Nietzsche. I love Nietzsche and King. Mm. And something he talks about in values is that they're in, in the point of your own individuation, there comes a point where you have to take a list of all your values and then assess which values belong to you and then which values were imposed upon you. Because mm. I can look at values that I have today. I don't, those are values that I've cultivated for myself. But then I look at what I valued 20 years ago. That wasn't what I valued. That's what I was taught to value or I felt pressure to conform to that. So I think you have to, it's called a revaluation of your values. Mm-hmm. Taking time to sit down and look at what is it that you value and why do you believe that? And how do you know that to be true? And I think when you go through that process, you can determine then the superficiality of it. Mm-hmm. But back to Marcus and Joan. Yeah. I guess after the fact, he comes to her office. Mm-hmm. He comes to her office and he just kind of. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, he's got a suit Wait. on, but all Joan sees is him now as a shapely woman. And you know what? Because Maya said maybe you're something because there's some gender confusion going on there. Did you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's interesting. Like, again. Or can men have hips? Obviously, they do. Yeah. They might not be as... There are men with breasts. There are. Yeah. <laughs> men just, with lots of things. Some women wear her sucking his titties. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> yes. or, right. Deemed to be feminine. Exactly. And it's yeah. just like, our bodies are our bodies. Yeah. Yeah, because that's why I was like, I go back to one part and then I, I understand with women because we have we have our preferences, just like men have their preferences. But then too, it's the other part of me too that's like, okay, but if Marcus has all these other outstanding qualities, you know, mm-hmm. is there something there that could be deeper, you know? Mm-hmm. Or is it just, we just see with Joan that, again, if it's something that's too normal, Joan's going to run from it. Yes. Yes. Look, I wish, I need you to have a couple more addictions, okay? <laughs> need you to have a couple more addictions, need you to have a little bit more trauma, and then come holler at me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll have a great relationship then, because then you'll need me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So our Soul Rise questions. The Soul Rise question that I had was, 
how has colorism emerged in your life? Because I think this that was a, a theme, one of the major themes of the episode and broaching that topic of colorism. So that's something that I'm going to explore after this podcast and for the viewer as well or listeners as well to think about how is colorism emerging in your life and how has colorism guided your partner choices i mean have i been conditioned to want lionel richie since a little kid <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love lionel richie <laughs> yeah and yeah you're right how have yeah. you know looking back on my choices yeah they've gone yeah across the board across the spectrum, <laughs> across the spectrum. Hey, mm-hmm. I don't discriminate, you right. know, but at the same time, why was that? But I can see with myself how with us, our spectrums are different. And I can think also too how maybe internalized racism, which is a topic, is a theme, how we all suffer from it in different ways. Mm-hmm. I'll let you go with your question. No, I'm mm-hmm. good. You're good. I, that, that, I like this episode. This good. was a good one. Yeah. Oh, another question I would pose out here uh, lightly is, would you snoop through your partner's personal space without their permission? Girl, are you going through people's drawers? (laughs) Are y'all going through people's drawers and they don't know y'all going through their drawers? You can call and tell me. I'm not going to tell nobody, but uh, (laughs) yeah. Like, when when is that permissible? Like, I don't know. That's interesting. Mm Brian looking at the people's beds, you know, what you gonna find? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, listen, ladies, that concludes today's podcast. As always, thank you for joining us and listening to our shenanigans. And please leave a question, leave a comment, give us your insight. As always, Margaret and I are thinkers, so you don't have to agree, but we'd like to hear from you. And we look forward to catching you on the next podcast. Bye. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for listening to today's podcast. I would also like to extend a thank you to the listeners who have offered suggestions as your feedback is welcome. If you would like to suggest a topic, if you have a question about today's podcast or the Soul Rise question, or if you just want to share how the series and the podcast resonates with you, you can always leave us a message. You can reach us on Instagram at Rise Beautiful Soul Podcast. You can find us on Facebook.com, Rise Beautiful Soul. And you can just always just come over to our website at www.risebeautifulsoul.com. So remember, beautiful souls, we are here to rise, shine, and self-actualize. I look forward to joining you on the next podcast. Thank you.